I spoke a couple, we've been, we've been talking about this life everywhere, talking about living for Jesus and having abundant life. If there were no, if we had no purpose here, if there was no, uh, nothing to accomplish or nothing to do or working for the Lord or, or anything, maybe simple minded, but I believe as soon as we got saved, we would just be Enoch and just be raptured. What's the point of staying here? But because we have life to live, I think the Lord has promised us more than just the mundane, more than just going through motions. I think, and I believe from the word of God, we can have peace that passes all understanding. We can have joy. We can have pleasures at his right hand forevermore. We can have abundant life. We can be free indeed. I think that's what he has promised us, and I believe that. So I spoke a couple weeks ago about uh, 10 things. I started down the path of 10 things, and we got to one. So, yeah, that's, it's going to take at least 10 weeks. So, um, But 10 things dealing with this idea of truly living. And coming alive. And, and we talked, if you kind of remember, I'll try to refresh this a little bit, but freedom was that one we talked about where it said, he that the Son has set free is free indeed. I mentioned these things that truly following Jesus Christ, when you follow him and truly follow him, being obedient to him, Bible talks about he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. That is, and the Bible is adamant on that. He and he alone that hungers and thirsts after righteousness. That person is going to be filled. And that person is going to be, uh, is positioning themselves to where Jesus can work in and through them. And when you're filled and when you're content and when you're at peace and when you're free, you can truly be alive. So we looked at this idea of freedom. The second one is tonight, and we're going to look at, this is this idea of the heart. Now, you're going to have to dig deep with me, and this is one of those areas where I've told a couple people, I said it wasn't one of my more classic moves in the pulpit as pastor, but I did say it, and I said, I can't pastor a dumb church. And what I meant by that is, at some point, I probably wasn't in a good mood when I said it either, but at some point, we got to know this word. Everybody has to know this word. You got to dig in this word for yourself. And so knowing these things and hearing these things and, and mulling over these things and, and strengthening yourself in this is a, is a powerful tool that we have. So what we're going to look at today or tonight is this idea of the heart. And there's probably several levels that we're going to go through this. So hopefully I can expound it, what's in my heart and in my head, and get it across to you to where you can understand this and, and, and you can build on that and continue to study this out for yourselves. And so let's see then how the heart, we talk about how freedom is connected to truly living. Let's talk about how the heart is connected to this truly living, truly being alive. So if I'm yearning to become this and to become fully free, fully reach my potential, truly living in what God has for me, the book of Proverbs has a non-negotiable exhortation for me. You know the verse well, Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it are the issues of life. Ephesians 4.18 kind of goes in the same area. Having the understanding darkened. 
being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because why? The blindness of their heart. I think the word of God is pretty clear in this. The health of my heart is going to determine a whole lot in my life. The health of my heart, whether I'm experiencing true life or not, has a lot to do with the health of my heart. Again, without having to say it, but again, I'll say it anyway. We're not talking about the heart, the physical blood pumping muscle, but we are talking about the very innermost being of someone. So when we're exhorted to keep our heart with all diligence, or another translation says, above everything else, guard your heart. Be very, very careful. What does this mean? What, is, what are we looking at here? We, we, we say things like, be holy for I'm holy. God commands that. Well, I suggest if there's a command like that, we figure out what being holy is. And, and when there's things like that, so when, the, when it's something like this, guard your heart above anything else you do, guard your heart. I think we probably ought to look at this. Because that is quite an exhortation from the word of God that is warning or telling us about something. And so when we look at this, when we tend, many times we tend to equate heart with emotion. Okay, it is that, but it's more than that. The, the, the type of heart that I think described in scripture refers, can I say, to the very core of a person. I do it like this um, when I do premarital counseling or different types of counseling. I'll say something like, I'll say, um, you have to make up in your mind. If you're going to be in a relationship with a person or uh, do business with them or whatever, especially if you're married, you're going to marry them or you are married to them, you've got to decide whether that person is a goodwill person or is an evil person. That core of that person, are they good or are they evil? <laughs> I hope if you're sitting in my office with a ring on your finger and a date set, I hope you figure this out before you get that far. But is that person a goodwill person or is that person an evil person? What am I talking about? The very core of that person. So if I'm a good person, that means I do good all the time. Well, hopefully, but have I done stupid things? Absolutely. But what's my core? Have I said things I shouldn't? Yes, absolutely. But what's my core? Have I done things that are, that are wrong, that are sinful even? Yes, but what's my core? And that's sometimes what we have to figure out, and that's what this word is talking about. The very innermost being, the very core of who I am, what is that? My heart, the center of everything. The, the, it, 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 can I go like this? Let's say it, it, it um, encompasses three very human activities. And you've heard me talk about this before when I've talked about cognitive dissonance. When people that you've got, when we're talking about the thinking, how you think, what you're thinking about, what you think like, and then you, then also your feeling, what I feel, how I, how I react to certain things, what makes me feel certain ways. And then the final one, the acting. So the thinking, the feeling, and the acting. Again, we're not going to go down that path, but if they're not lined up, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. You're going to line these things up. You're going to justify yourself. You're going to do everything you can to get your thinking and your feelings or, and, or your, your very core and your actions. You're going to get those things lined up. So as a human being, I am involved every day, I hope, with thinking. I'm thinking something, thinking thoughts. 
And then every day as a human being, I'm feeling something. Not that it's hot in here or not that I'm cold, but I'm feeling something like I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling sad or this person, ha- this person said this and upset me or it thrilled me. I'm feeling something. And then of course, I'm also acting because I'm up and moving and doing something. So all of these three, let, let's, let's go down this path a little bit. All of these three things I think possibly we could say it like this. It's the business of the heart to synchronize these three. Where your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions line up and it synchronizes these. Because without engaging my heart, I'm gonna be imbalanced in one of these directions. I may be overly cerebral, so I may overthink everything and constantly assess everything with my mind, which you're going to have to hear me out because, well, you're telling us not to think. Oh, no, no, I'm telling you to think. But I'm also telling you to feel. There is emotion as part of us. And then I'm also telling you if we're out of balance, we will overly think stuff or we will excessively be emotional or we will be exceedingly impulsive if we don't have this balanced in our life. So when we get in the rut of routines, check in, clock in, clock out. Go home, eat supper, go to bed. Get up, go to work, clock in, clock out. Go to bed, go home, eat supper, go to bed. If we get in those routines, this it has a tendency to just kind of, can I say, numb us? And it just kind of stops the feelings and the emotions and it can cause us to just walk aimlessly through life without taking any steps towards truly being alive. Our hearts maybe are even hard from lack of use or, or we could even go down this route and I'll be careful because I'm going to group therapy here, but... Sometimes we get hurt, and so we wall our hearts up because we don't want hurt again. Well, you're walling your emotions up. You're walling off people, and ultimately you're walling off God to all those things. Or maybe we can say that just because we never use any of this, and we just are in a rut and in a routine, and just life is going by, and that's what we do. Or maybe a little weak because of lack of use of all this stuff. So the scripture admonishes us, fight for your hearts. Guard your hearts. And when doing that, it's choosing, choosing, choosing to think clearly. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Choose you this day whom you will serve. It's a thought process of what I'm going to choose. And then also when we're guarding our hearts, I think that part of that is feeling deeply. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the word of God. Why they put that in there? Probably to show he felt deeply. There was something very human about him that teaches us. Bible talks about also Jesus was moved with compassion about certain situations and then act intentionally on that and what we're going to do and, and not just be hearers but doers of something. Jesus once said, I must needs go through Samaria. 
He also said, I'm going to Jerusalem. Jesus, they'll kill you. Yes, I know. But I'm intentionally going to do something of where I need to go. Sometimes we'll, we will say we, we don't want our lives to be run by emotion. If so, we'll downplay feelings and focus on just matters of the mind. I'm telling you, I know I, I'm going to work hard on this for a moment, but we're going to be imbalanced if that's happening. And I'll try to give you some illustrations to help us understand some of this stuff because like it or not, <laughs> We are a product of history and culture. This drives me nuts, okay? I'm just gonna, this drives me crazy. I'm the same person. I mean, I'm, I'm with myself. Again, I'm different because I'm now not 10 years old, but you understand, I've always been with myself, except that one day. No, I've always been with myself. And I'm right here and now. I remember back to some of the clothes I had. You think you're cool. There wasn't nothing cooler than the jeans that were stonewashed and they were blue on the front and right down there they were gray on the back. You've never met cool like that. And cool clothes. There are cars I thought were the coolest car in the world. I look at some of that stuff today First, I'm very upset at my parents for letting me out of the house, but I think of that stuff. Okay, here's my point. How did I? I'm with myself. I've been with myself the whole time. And I have gone from, that is so cool, to, oh, burn every picture. Oh, dear God, if someone sees this. You've been there. Something was so beautiful or so you're enamored with that or it was so cool it was just the it was everything and now you look at it that is the ugliest thing I have ever laid my eyes on that's what bothers me how did that happen I didn't go to sleep one night and said those stonewashed jeans are the coolest thing and wake up the next morning and say those are hideous. I'm the same person. Does this bother you like it bothers me? This just bothers me. Because over time, someone, the they, whoever all they are that's doing everything to us, and the they, they have infiltrated and told me, those stonewashed jeans aren't cool anymore. Now you got to have dark, dark Levi's or whatever the case may be. And I obviously agreed. This makes me nervous because if they can do that with that, what else are they doing to us? They change our style. They change this and that. You understand that, again, I'm not, so I'm trying to prove a point here that we are products of history and culture. We move with that. Whether you want to or not, you're now, think back, oh, I'll tell you right now, I'm stubborn, I ain't moving. Yes, you did. Everybody did. 
And so when you think of that, we're products of the philosophies and the historical trends that sometimes push us to worship almost rational thinking and logic and to look down on feelings and experience. Because if you can't explain it, it just must be some hogwash over here. If you can't rationalize it, and again, hang on, because people right now, all you deep thinkers are like, oh, he has lost his marbles. No, I'm not saying don't think. But I'm also saying you need to feel. One result of that has to do with the word emotion. If I said this, <laughs> they are so emotional. That's a rude statement nowadays. That's a look down on them. It's like, oh my Lord, they're so emotional. Again, I think we got to be careful. Again, I'm going to try to balance this back and forth a little bit. But we connect that with the word emotional, which suggests someone's completely out of control. Or they're, they're psychologically fragile. They're just so emotional. Or quit being so emotional. It's considered, I would say, in some regards, a weakness in one's character to have emotion. And emotion is sometimes thought of as this, of an, an unreliable response to situations and circumstances, which again, let me balance, but it can be if it's too far and it can be if there's no thought process in it. And it can be if, it's, if that's all we do. But as a result of the culture and history, sometimes even in the church, we're trained from an early age to develop the intellect of our heads, which again, study to show that self-approved in God. That's vitally important. We, we, we're, we're trained to study and we're trained to use logic and, and think through things. And yes, 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 yes. But regarding the importance of emotion and passion, not so much. Again, I'm thankful I'm speaking to a church through we still Believe to worship God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Where we still do allow emotion in our services. But sometimes we feel that, uh, I've heard, uh, well, I, I don't want to go to Youth Congress. It's just a bunch of emotion. There's a lot of emotion there. But so seeing your baby being born for the first time. And when has emotion been a bad thing? God created emotion. Powerful things happen with our emotions. Sometimes we, we feel that importance of that is just lay that to the side. Now, Emotions will lead you astray. They can be fickle. You can get in trouble because of your emotions and you can't because of how you think. And you can't get in trouble because what you put your mind, thoughts on in your mind, you can't get in trouble that way either. Well, some people live entirely in the realm of the mind and miss out on the experiences of life that God's grace lavishly provides 
There's others live entirely in the realm of emotions. And they bounce from thrill to thrill and miss out on the meaning of life that God's grace lavishly provides. Some people, they keep so busy and they do a lot of stuff and a lot of actions because they don't want to sit there and be with their own thoughts for just a couple minutes. They don't want to think. They don't want to have to reconcile something. They don't want to have to process some stuff. And so if I can just stay busy enough or I can just stay entertained enough and then I don't have to think about anything. Ladies and gentlemen, when that happens, we're out of balance and we're not guarding our heart. Again, here's what we're working towards. When, when I'm engaging my heart, I'm engaging both my mind and my emotions. Without that balance, if, if I'm just an emotions person, I'll respond to events solely in an emotional way. <laughs> you ready? And I can't, probably can't say this live because you can't say fire, but scream fire in a crowded place, whatever that law or made up law that your parents told you. But if I would say, everybody, the church is on fire. <laughs> and I just stand up here, just running in circles. <laughs> It does no good for anybody except he's, what in the world? Somebody hit him on the head and knock him out so we can drag him out at least. That's all emotion. That's not going to work. <laughs> Nor is, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to stay seated. The church is on fire and everybody's going to die here in just a little bit. Just stay where you are. That's not going to work either. And again, these are probably not the greatest illustrations that pop into this kooky head, but Sometimes we'll do this. People, people sometimes get mad at this. We'll, we'll have an emotional response, they'll call it. They'll collect an offering. And they'll appeal to your emotions. Oh, that's manipulation. Okay. But why are they doing that? To get you hooked into something. To get you sold on an idea. I could preach a sermon and say, folks, we need to witness. We need to, we need to tell people about Jesus. People are lost and dying and going to hell. Period. Okay. Or maybe I could plead with you and say, you were lost and dying and going to hell. But someone somewhere in your life or in the generations that told them, told your family, told you about Jesus, and he has turned your life around. He can do that for somebody else. And then, oh, we're, we're, now we're kind of in the emotional side. But that's how, and sometimes we turn this off because we don't, we don't want that. We, don't, we, don't want, we just want logic, logic, logic. And I get that, and it's, it's so much easier. But if I'm just emotional, I'll fall in love with the new car. But if I'm rational, that's a nice car, but I can't afford it, and I walk away. There's nothing wrong with that, having something happen, but with, those, with deep feelings. But again, if I'm just a feeling person, I, I want to come to the rescue of my child who's gotten into a mess at school. But my mind tells me he's a brat. And his teachers have a right to give him a detention when he does that. And he needs to just sit his carcass down and suffer a little bit, whatever it's going to take to train him. 
or be a helicopter parent and pull your kid out of every situation. Well, parenting 101, I hope you can pull them out of jail and the courthouse. And the, yeah. Why? Because if we're just emotional and not rational about anything. Similarly, if I'm just a mind person, engaging my mind without my heart, I'll respond to events solely in terms of facts without the wisdom that feeling and intuition bring to the table. Can these be wrong? Yes, but so can your thinking. There have been circumstances I have walked in that my skin literally was crawling on top of me. I was just like, oh. I don't know what it was about. Didn't make any sense. It was just a store. And Janelle walked in, I was like, out, 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 out. And we start backpedaling. I have no clue. I can't come give 10. Then the devil came out. And did all. I can't give you one testimony. I just knew I felt something off. And that was good enough for me. But logically, it didn't make any sense. So just do what you want. You're going to get yourself in trouble. The same way the other, if you never process and it's just all with feelings. I, oh, God have mercy. I have been to churches. They'll let people shout and dance. They'll crank the music. They'll do everything. But as soon as it slows down and a heavy spirit of God moves in that place, they change something up to do something different. Why? Because they don't want that in there. Because it's convicting and will change our thoughts and our hearts. But emotions, my mom used to tell us this. She said, I was so proud of you kids, seeing you up around the altar shouting and dancing. She said, that was wonderful. But she said, I knew you were saved when you'd get your face in the altar and travail. Anybody can dance. So we ain't dancing anymore in this church. Absolutely not. We're dancing every chance we get. But there's something else when you connect your mind to God. And you get right with him. Something changes inside of you. So with my mind, I evaluate a job in an interview. But maybe my intuition or my gut or maybe all of you spirit-filled people, we, talk, we call sometimes, you'll get a check in your spirit and something's not right. That's a feeling. Again, are those wrong? Sometimes, without my heart being engaged, I'll notice events in my life, but I truly won't experience the moments. I truly won't live. Emphasizing reason, okay, just constantly. It's got to make sense. It's logically, it's, everything's got, if I emphasize that and that only at the expense of my heart, at the expense of any feelings, hear me out. We are going to be so ill-prepared for the shocks that are doled out daily because we live in a fallen world. This side of eternity, I enjoy some certainties. Two plus two equals four. 
Bible says as long as there's, as long as, the, as long as time, there'll be seed time and harvest. There'll be, the sun will come up and the sun will set. And there'll be summer and spring and winter and fall. Those seasons with the word of God says that and you can count on it. Set your clock by, it's going to happen because that's, and I'm thankful for that. Thankful I'm not going to bed tonight. Oh God, help in the name of Jesus. Let the sun come up tomorrow. It's going to. Don't pray about that. Pray for me if you need something to pray about. Don't pray about that. It's going to. I can count on that. So that's a scientific laws in the universe that I can count on those things and I can depend on those things. But in this congregation, every one of us in here is plenty old enough to know there are a lot of uncertain things in life. We don't know it all. And everything is not black and white. There are tons of unanswered questions and gray areas in the world in which we live. So even with some certainty, two plus two equals four, every single time, we're still waiting for a lot of answers. My mind by itself is not equipped to deal with the resulting mystery of the why. My mind wants resolution. It must make sense. If I'm lacking the maturity that heart, the heart can bring, then everything has to make sense and I have to be able to explain it. And I will be tempted to allow no room for mystery or the unknown, forcing resolution, inventing answers that are not there. Well, because that happened, that must be because that, that, and that. We can drive ourselves crazy trying to answer all of those things. People have asked me questions. Why did that happen? You know what my answer is? I have no idea, but I'm as mad as you are about it. I can't answer those questions. I remember when Brother Terry Shock was here and he said he was in a low place of his life and he said one scripture bailed him out of that and that is simply his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. <sighs> Do you know why sometimes we have to make sure everything makes sense and that we can explain everything? Because we're scared to trust him. If his word says, I'll never leave or forsake you. And his word says, all things work together for good. And his word says, all of these other promises about his arm is not short, his ears not heavy. He's right there. He hears our cry. And I have to do one more funeral in this church. Brother Graham, it wasn't fair that his sister just 
at a barbecue. Ask me why. I don't have the slightest idea. There is no answer for that. But if my mind keeps saying there has to be, there has to be, there has to be, then I'll make something up that maybe God isn't good anymore. And I'll make something up that maybe God isn't even existence anymore because we just happen, we'll make something up. But when I engage my heart and I realize he still loves me when I can't understand it. He's still for me when I can't explain it. What's that help? It takes tons of humility to be able to do that. I can't answer the question, but I'll still trust him. I don't know why it happened, but I still trust him. My heart can handle unanswered questions more easily because it goes deeper than mere facts for a sense of security. Because it's, it, it's very, it's a, and again, we're not even thinking about this, but it's a very nice fact if we want to just bring it to a cognitive and a conscious level that after church, I'm going to go out and get in my car and drive to my house. Those are factual things. My car is there. And I'm going to drive to my house. I have faith my car's out there. It's just, it's a lot, it makes logical sense. That's where we put it. We locked it. I know we're in the North County, but still, I, it's going to be there. So my thoughts are, that's what I'm going to do. But when it's not there, again, we'll have to broaden this out, but when it's not there and it doesn't make sense and Again, it's hard on a tangible thing, but you understand what I'm working for. I'll be tempted to try to make sense of life and problems and things that happen. And I can't. But my heart can handle those because there's a beautiful word called trust. It's simple, but it's never easy. Here's how this works. You ready? Come to premarital counseling with me. Here we go. I trust you or I don't. There it is. Is it easy? Oh, lands, no. But that's, the, that's how it is. I trust you or I don't trust you. And so when I'm saying that to an almighty God, When he takes people from me and he does things I don't like, I trust him or I don't. He knows the way that I take or he's a liar. So cognitively, no, here on earth, we live in a fallen world. It doesn't make sense. For the follower of Jesus, my ultimate security comes through not only his truth, but also his love. 
his character. So when I can engage both, I know him and I feel him and I know he's near and I believe those things and I can put those together. I'm able to bend instead of break in the face of a fallen world. You're not going to know all the answers. How proud, unfortunately, how proud I can be when I say until I figure it out, I'm not trusting or until it makes sense to me. And we're saying, kind of like Job did. And God came down to Job in the Old Testament said, where were you when I told the ocean, stop? Where were you when I told that to do that and this? Where were you and all of that? You don't have all the answers, Job, and nor do I. God intends for me to, to engage life with my mind. Because here's the deal of this, and, and you that have raised children before, there were times I, I would try, we, we'd talk with Skyler and raise him and I'd try to explain things to him. And I, well, I wouldn't try to overuse the dad card by any stretch, but there were times I told him, Skyler, I'm sorry. Answer's no, or you can't go there, you can't do that. I said, the answer's no. And I would say, even if I could explain this to you, you still would not understand it. There was no way for me to get my wisdom and my knowledge and my years of living into a six-year-old head. There was, it was an impossible feat. And so many times I said, but you trust me, I'm doing this for your good. I'm not ever trying to control you or hurt you. you know, I know. He wasn't real happy about it. But he would agree with that. I know I'm beating a dead horse, but the almighty God. And he made the stars also. <laughs> and there's billions of them and that's all it put. That God trying to explain it to you. There are things you will never Understand, there's no way, if he came down and said, I'll, I'll, you could not comprehend the vastness of our God and what he's doing. And so that's where I have to turn from the logical and I have to turn the emotion on. And I, but I'm going to love you. I'm going to, I'm going to serve you. God intends for me to engage with him in every area of my life. Think of this. The word amusement is derived from two words here. Muse, to think carefully, and the prefix a, which means not. So amuse literally means not to think. And so think of this in the term of our culture that we pretty much worship amusement. Scrolling mindlessly through Facebook. And social media. We experience these things. We approach 
social media and, and books and many things, life in general, as an escape from truly having to think where we don't want to do that. And we, we say things like, I'm bored or this isn't any fun or we don't engage any part of that because it's just we don't want to. Uh, sometimes, again, we don't want to just be with ourselves. So we, we deaden the pain and we turn the circumstances off and we push things away because let's just fill ourselves and become drunk on amusement so we don't have to think through anything. But I dare say, folks, I think sometimes we've gone overboard in these areas. So what am I talking about tonight? And yes, I'm out of time, but what am I talking about tonight? I'm talking about can you think too much? Absolutely. But can you amuse too much to not think enough? Absolutely. Can you just be haphazard and frivolous with your actions? Absolutely. But I'm trying to push hard to tell us what the scripture says. Above everything else you do, guard your heart. And when you get those things balanced, I think clearly on his word. I trust him. I believe him. I, I feel certain things towards him and that love, that connection. And then I intentionally live for him and I intentionally do some things. That I believe is many times what this is talking about, about guarding our heart. Because everything flows out of that. Your life will flow out of that. Amen. I'm sorry. I'm out of time. Not a good place to end, but we'll stop there. Let's stand. I truly want to live, have an abundant life, have a purpose, have something to look for. But I think it will help if we start doing some of these things, living right before God and guarding our heart because life flows from that. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us, for your kindness. Lord, when life just beats us up and we're not sure, nothing makes sense. And I don't have answers and we may never have answers, but Lord, I'm going to choose to trust you. I'm going to feel after you, oh God. I'm going to open myself up to you that in every circumstance that I face, Lord, I, I want you to be in control of those. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I'm going to live according to your way, according to your word and your will. I pray that you bless us tonight, Lord. Help us to get things in our life in balance. So, oh God, so we can truly be all that you have all asked us to be and that you have, that you have for us, oh Lord. Let us walk after you. Let us be salt and light in this dark world. Keep us in your care. Bless each one, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.